For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenen. I'm Jim Quist, and our special guest from the Osceola is Kirk Weiler. We're going to talk Florida State Seminoles football as they head toward the ACC football championship in Charlotte. And, uh, Kurt, are you ready? I mean, we're, we're talking about what you're going to have to be wearing for the game. So, you're ready. It- I, well, I'm ready because my first year on the beat was 2015, like part-time. So literally, there was, I was going to think for a while that I was the bad luck charm because their last time there was 2014, <laughs> if you can believe it or not. It's been a minute. Just a few, yeah. I don't think it's you, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident. Hey, now, now I'm free of it. Yeah, free. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yep. No more no more bad luck charm. Can't blame you. Hey, um, this has got to be an exciting time for people who have been patient with with the Knowles in building because they've gone through all kinds of, of coaching issues and, you know, and, and they got to a point, I think, where people just got sort of impatient. And I'm not sure that they were going to give Mike Norvell an opportunity to have his way to put his, his you know, his fingerprints on this program. Um, but it's paid off which is a cool thing. And so how is everybody feeling about that? I mean, obviously the fans are, are ecstatic. Uh, have you gotten rid of the naysayers yet? Oh, I mean, most definitely. Any of the naysayers entering the season, I mean, main, mainly more coming from, from rival fan bases, from the, uh, the, the Florida fans, the Miami fans of the world than anyone else. Hmm. It, it gets harder and harder by the week for them to really have anything to say. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a blessing for Florida state really that uh, both, I mean, they weren't in a great financial spot with the buyout. They were paying Willie Taggart early in Mike Norvell's tenure and also yeah. the COVID pandemic early in, in Mike Norvell's tenure, because I, there were some people who, who were growing impatient when he lost to Jacksonville state early in year two, but the growth, I mean, I asked him about it today, actually, it is, at his press conference, you don't often see, I feel like growth isn't always like linear in like a, like a pretty straight up angle line, but he went from three wins to five wins to nine wins to 12 wins in his first four regular seasons seasons. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. The, the level of growth. I mean, it doesn't often go like that. It's very difficult to maintain that as well, just so that people yep. know that. But the thing is, is that, you know, when you when you show that trend, and I'm sure this is helping out enormously with with people wanting to say, oh, oh the transfer portal, hey, we're interested in Florida State. We know who they are now, uh, as if they didn't know before. But they really know now. Recruiting-wise, it's got to be huge when, you, when you're battling for recruits, especially within the state of Florida, which is a hotbed. Um, you got to go up against all these other schools, which are, you know, even if they have down seasons are well-known just as well-known as Florida state and are good. So they have something to offer, but what have you done for me lately? 
is always the key rule. So right now, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Well, I've won the ACC, well, <clears throat> regular season title, so to speak. Um, now it's the championship, and this is a this is a big game. This is going to be interesting, especially with Tate uh, at uh, quarterback. Uh, I really want to get into to talking about Tate because I've been watching a lot of a lot of video on this guy, and I'm not sure. You know, talking about naysayers, Kurt. Well, I don't know where they're coming up with the nonsense they're they're slinging about Tate. To be honest with you, but yeah, you know, convince me otherwise. So I mean, a lot of that with with Tate, especially within the FSU fan base comes from the fact that, so he had to play as a true freshman. They actually started him as a true freshman. His start last week was his first start in over three years. I think he started the the third game of the 2020 uh, season when James Blackman was hurt, and I think Jordan Travis was a little banged up, and so they wanted to give Tate a chance, and it didn't go well. And frankly, the first few times they put him out there, it didn't go well. I think he threw in his career five interceptions before he finally threw a touchdown. And since he threw that first touchdown, he's thrown seven touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, there was... There was definitely a a period of acclimation, and it felt like, I mean, he kind of talked about, I mean, it, it, he had to grow in confidence and had to grow in poise. We talked to him last week, and, uh, I mean, the, the poise he had last week was was pretty remarkable. I mean, he he's not going to have Jordan Travis's playmaking ability. You're going to miss that. I mean, his, his ability to kind of Houdini out of the pocket – He's he he's an athlete. I mean, Florida State coaches will tell you that. He has some videos on his TikTok. He can he's capable of doing kind of round off backflip. He he is definitely an athlete, but but he might have a better arm than Jordan in some ways. I think he might. We didn't really see it last week a ton. I think he might throw a better deep ball. I think. Uh, and honestly, I mean, it's impressive. I was impressed on the whole. He wasn't perfect Saturday. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. And Mike Ravella said as much. But uh, in a really hostile atmosphere, I thought he made some really big throws in some big moments. And I think even more important than that, avoided the fatal mistake. Yeah, yeah, very key. Uh, one of the things I'm noticing, we talk about Tate, is he, and this is this is key for quarterbacks to be successful with a passing game. He sticks in the pocket. I have never seen anybody that confident stick in the pocket like he does. The other thing people say, well, he's he's not as mobile. <laughs> you you need to look at this this guy's stretch, man. When he runs, he may not look the same as Jordan when he runs. But once he gets going, he's he's got that stretch. He's got that long leg stretch going on and that's some speed momentum. That it, it's he's definitely a threat there too. Yeah, he's not a statue by any means. It's funny. I think Florida State fans kind of wanted to see more of more read option stuff in him. Maybe use those legs and and keep a, a read option a few times last week. We uh we didn't really see it, and I mean it, it's tough. I mean Florida State's in a tough spot where it almost feels like as much as that might help the offense, you don't want to do it too much because that is what lost you Jordan Travis. And the truth of the matter is, the more you run your quarterback, the more you subject yourself to the the things that can come with injuries and and the like. I mean Tate took a big hit and briefly left that game. They had to go to the true freshman Brock Glenn there for a few plays down the stretch before Tate was able to come in and, and hand off on the game-winning touchdown. But, uh, you know, Tate is definitely, I mean, he, uh, I think a, a, a few moments of maybe holding on to the ball a little too long 
And uh, I think a few other moments maybe didn't see a receiver fast enough. Some stuff you'd expect from a guy who was making his second career start. But the 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 benefit of how much Florida State on its current 18-game win streak has won a lot of games handily is it's gotten Tate quite a bit of uh, of game experience, which I think is what he needed to to get a little more comfortable and helped him out immensely last week. And I'm I'm sure will this weekend. And I mean, there'll be some hostility. I imagine that'll be a 50-50 crowd, but it won't be nearly what he just what he just survived. So before we get into the the upcoming championship game, I want to just kind of keep on the uh, the game against Florida for a second. But uh, what was your first? What was your favorite offensive play from the first quarter? <laughs> oh man, uh, it was uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of it was a Murphy's Law quarter in 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 a lot of ways. I mean, frankly, I think a lot of it wasn't Tate's fault. Like I think people were yeah. blaming Tate when like it was not it was hardly all i mean when when trey benson t- goes over in the wrong direction and keeps trying to backpedal and loses 11 yards on a run it's just kind of one of those quarters yeah and yeah it was just a weird situation but but that's the thing this team always has had a a, a way of rebounding and I, really that fourth quarter i think really showed it just the way they really took over the game on both ends but with uh with obviously the the run game Trey Benson three touchdowns and just manhandling that that uh, offensive line of Florida and I I still think about that play towards the end where Jared Verse blocked the the lineman into the quarterback for the sack it was probably one of the most dominating plays I've seen all season. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of also in the Florida rivalry a few years ago. Now I was also there when uh, Derwin James lined up as an edge rusher and uh, pancaked in a Florida offensive tackle in the same game. It was like that. I mean, it was an impressive feat of strength. That defense as a whole, that defense, uh, really the whole team is a second-half team, but the defense, I think they've allowed, I, I looked it up the other day, I think 72 second-half points in, in total in 12 games. So that's what, at six a game. I mean, the the adjustments that I think Adam Fuller make and how well the players take to them and really grow into the game has, uh, has really helped them out when I think uh, a lot of people have counted them out a few times this year with how some some first halves have gone but uh they, they just time and time again they as, as Mike Durrell says they respond that's his one of his sayings so just kind of looking at the the defense first as a whole do you think they've lived up to expectations this year because I feel like sometimes in in certain instances they have but in sometimes in some ways they haven't I think definitely I mean I think when it starts with you you, you go back and look all the way back in game one what they did against LSU and what that LSU offense, Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas have done the rest of the season. I mean, that offense, I'm not sure they've been held below 40 points. I mean, they definitely haven't been held below 35. And Florida State held them to 17 before a garbage time touchdown with touchdown with true freshmen on the field. So, no, I think uh, I, they have maybe, I think they're not going to blow you away with their like yards per play allowed type numbers. But uh, and, and and you can make the case they have benefited somewhat from the quarterbacks they've played and thrown in a few uh, backup quarterbacks they've they've faced as well. But they've been the epitome of the bend but don't break, where they play exceptionally well when backed up. They respond very well in in tough moments, and it seems like a different guy every week is kind of the guy who uh, who who makes the play for them. So no, I mean I think this has been a a redemptive season for Adam Fuller when 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 people were unsure exactly what to think of him coming into this year. I don't know. Once again, you you may you said something that triggered my head because you were talking about how this defense responds, and then I thought on the other side of the field um, from Saturday night when Florida just melted down with all the personal foul penalties, and I think it just shows just this team is actually pretty well disciplined as well. 
Yeah, and frankly, Florida State lost the Florida game two years ago and didn't get the sixth win and didn't go to a bowl because they were the undisciplined team. They had a couple late hits. They muffed a punt in a big situation that proved costly. They they were the mistake-prone team that couldn't keep its cool two years ago. And for that flip to script, I mean, shows kind of, I think, where both those programs have gone have gone since then, both, both Florida State and, and Florida. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I was – I'm not sure I could keep my cool like like the offensive lineman Keandre Jones did, uh, not retaliating after a Florida player spit in my face. I think I might I might lose it on that one, and I I think it would be understandable to lose it on that one. But uh, credit to Keandre Jones, that's uh, that's discipline. Definitely, Jim. I got I got the the Gator tears going here. So. <clears throat> I that that was so pleasurable. Um, I, <laughs> Anyway, I want to go back to Tate for a second. Uh, there's something else about him that uh, I I want to get into a little bit here and, and get your thoughts on. Um, one of the things that you hear a lot, not only on the college level, but uh, more specifically when you get into the pros, you talk about quarterbacks uh, going through their reads and how quickly they go through them. And uh, whether or not a quarterback is staring down somebody and giving away where the ball's going. I, again, all of this video that I've been watching, I don't see that. I see him go through his reads very quickly, which is very surprising and is, is a heck of a talent. Now, what are your thoughts on, on his ability to, to read uh, a defense and to go through all those different offensive options? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think there are times where he fi- sees the first read work and throws a quite a nice ball. There were quite a few of those. I thought uh, a Saturday and there are times where I think he reads it. I mean, we, we get to watch a lot of practice and I think we saw last week he, he wasn't mistakeless. He made mistakes. I think he had interceptions kind of, early in both the practices last week. But uh, by the end of the practice, I mean, he both days really was in command and was reading the, the offense well and going through the progression, like you said, and spreading the ball around. I mean, it certainly helps him all the weapons he has to work with. I mean, that would make any quarterback, even one who was only making his second career start, a lot more comfortable. And, I mean, obviously that, that'll that be the case uh, again this weekend. It, it's unfortunate what happened to Jordan Travis – but uh, Florida State has been lucky injury-wise. I mean, they've had some guys miss little bits of time, but Jordan's the first kind of season-ending guy to a guy they were really going to count on that that they've had to deal with. Yeah, that that's uh, this season has been um, horrible when it comes down to injuries and, and taking people out of games, important uh, role players like Jordan Travis. Is, I So that's, that's it for him for the season, and – period right that's that's all i mean there's yeah. no chance of coming back on no the, the the good news is i don't think it's like a it's not going to be like an acl length recovery it's it'll be a shorter recovery than that but you know i mean his he he put out in his statement his his florida state career is over i think he tweeted tonight actually that he's a uh, his recovery is starting tomorrow yeah so well i uh, wish him the best on that i hate, hate to see him go um, especially like that always like to see a player have, maybe have an opportunity to come back for one more year and kind of redeem that or you know whatever it you're just, gonna Life sucks sometimes, man. That's yeah. like basically that's the column I wrote the night of his injury was like it is it is brutal for anyone's career to end that way or like 
collegiate career, not playing career. Right. But especially someone like him who has had the ridiculous transformation he has. Exactly. And uh, he won't be forgotten. That's for sure. I think fans will always cherish, you know, what he he uh, accomplished while he was there. And I think he should, too. So. And he might. I mean, y'all, y'all might know better than me. I, I'm not actually a voter, but he, he could very well be the ACC player of the player of the year. He might still get the offensive player of the year honor this week. I yeah, it could be. <laughs> I'll just to say that could be. Um, from the standpoint of uh, of the offense, I've been hearing a lot of talk about um, um, the the type of offense that one team plays as opposed to the other. And with with Jordan being out of the picture, I think that analysis may have changed a little bit. But you tell me, Um, you know, Florida State is, I think, uh, a very effective passing team. Um, Louisville is a very effective running team. Now, has that changed any for Florida State with Tate taking over? The helm is it, is it still pretty much going to be focused in that direction? I mean, Mike Norvell's offense is always going to want to run. I think, frankly, he wouldn't mind running more than Florida State has this season. But a, a weird problem. I mean, last year you look at the Florida State team when they they win ten games, that that offensive line was a better run blocking offensive line than they were pass blocking. They were competent at both, mm-hmm. but they were excellent run blocking. Really set up. I mean, that three headed monster that Florida State had going. And they were serviceable pass blocking. Let's flip this year. It's a better pass blocking unit. I mean, there have just been games where Florida State's run game, I mean, they they hit explosives pretty much every game. But on a down-to-down basis, they don't run probably nearly at a like consistent enough level to Mike Norvell's liking. Obviously, the weapons they have in the passing game have, have made up for that. And, I mean, you have Trey Benson, and Trey's not having a bad year by any means. But uh, he, he, he could very well, depending on the last few go, he might get 1,000 when he came up just short but uh he his his numbers are definitely boosted by the chunk runs of which he's had plenty of them had a few of them saturday against florida but uh yeah no i it it, it hasn't changed much in that regard i think it more changes of i mean i know talking to the coaches they'll talk about uh whereas we used to talk to jordan about hey what kind of plays do you like it's now hey go to tate hey what tate okay you can you cater the offense to them a little more and what they like the type of stuff they want to see in there but uh, no, I don't think there was some huge sweeping uh, change by any means. Okay, um, I I personally believe, and and is this is not a reflection on Tate because I think Tate is an effective passer. In fact, some of those again, some of those passes that I, I saw him making were just incredible, and I think he's got a cannon on him as well. Um, but you know, your opponent may be expecting a lot of that. So why not go to the ground and use Trey, who is one hell of a runner? So oh, they will. They they they're not going to by any means. The run will always be a part of. It. They're not just going to abandon it. I mean, I think some FSU fans kind of got frustrated with how inconsistent the running game was Saturday. How often they would run on first down, kind of fell into that that trap uh, a, a little bit. But no, I mean, this has been a team. It's funny. You're right. I'm sure Louisville will expect it. Obviously, expecting it. And defending guys like Johnny Wilson and Jaheim Bell and Keon Coleman are are two different conversations. It's much right. easier saying it than than doing it. But this has been a Florida State team that's had to pass to run. It feels like they've they've had more rushing success as games have gone on because they've been able to pass and kind of force defenses to pay more attention to the pass, and that's unloaded the box, if you will. Well, 
It's easy to say the, the run could be an option, but we also have to realize, too, that Louisville is one of the best run defenses in the league. Uh, I think they're I think they were number one in yards per game, I think second in yards per carry behind Miami. So how 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 are the Knolls going to be able to have any success uh, on the ground against a, a, this run defense? Yeah, it's it's I mean, that I feel like is is the the one of the main stories of the game it feels like i mean if florida state is able to have success which i mean some teams have i'm, I'm looking at the stats i mean miami ran for over six a carry on them boston college ran for over four i mean they did well against i mean it's impressive what they did against notre dame and uh, in a few other games but no I, I yeah it does beg the question because it does feel like that's kind of a must for louisville i wonder i mean i wonder if they sell out to stop the run and 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 if they do, if they can make Florida State one dimensional, I mean that feels like uh, one of one of Louisville's uh, paths to victory, uh, certainly. But uh, I I wonder, I mean, not to take away from the numbers, but I wonder how much would they benefit with those numbers not having Florida State and Clemson on the on the schedule and, and North Carolina, right? Yeah, not having kind of the three of the more talented teams in the league on the schedule in the regular season, how much that might have helped. Yeah, definitely. And I and I love the defense both of these teams' defensive lines, especially both of them have, you know, players that can easily, you know, sack the quarterback. We talk about Jared Verse for for the Knowles, Ashton Gelati for for Louisville. So I think it 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 just feels to me like this is a very classic win the trenches, win the game type of game. I, I think that's quite possible for sure. I mean, if they if, if Louisville can can make Tate uncomfortable, I don't really feel like he got too uncomfortable Saturday. He got hit a few times, but I never felt like he was truly rattled. And if if Louisville can accomplish that that's this weekend, it would go a, a long way for them certainly and they they may have the front to do it for sure. Jim, you want to take it? What um exactly uh do you think is going to be the biggest thing that Florida State has to deal with? when it comes down to Louisville's offense? Um, I mean, I think, frankly, there's there's a, a, a few of them. It's hard to boil it down to one. I mean, uh, Jawar Jordan is certainly uh, undeniable. I think Mike Norvell said at his press conference today he has, uh, I think it was game-changing speed was the word he used. And I'm, down to down, Florida State's been a pretty good run defense team this year. The numbers are, are fairly good. They've been a bit, I mean, really the problem, they've been a bit, uh, what, bit uh vulnerable to uh to bigger chunk plays they 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 on a down-to-down basis stop pretty well every once in a while they give up a chunk run which is obviously uh could be a could be a major problem here but then i mean you can't ignore the the jamari thrash uh, of it all either and i mean what that passing offense can do with so many guys i mean they they have benefited from playing a lot of backups playing a lot of quarterbacks who don't have a ton of experience and this weekend they got a guy who's a six-year senior who is very experienced and so i mean it will probably be a little harder to to rattle him than some of maybe the other guys. It felt like they they rattled Max Brown last week in the Florida game as that win. That'll probably be harder this week. So I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's a it's an offense like Florida State. It's an offense that can beat you in multiple ways. Last I saw, it was a three and a half point uh, favor. Uh, Florida State was a three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, which seems about right. I mean, it seems like everybody who's making comments on this is saying that the, you know, that's fairly close. It should be a close game. I think um, some of the comments from both head coaches also kind of indicate that. But, you know, sometimes I, I kind of roll my eyes at what coaches say about their opponents going into a game because, it, well, you know, you've been there long enough. They play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it's just sort of like, okay, <laughs> it's whatever. Um, and the uh, the betting seems to be heavier on the Louisville side, which doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, it's come down, yeah, because I think it opened at like six and a half, right? Uh, That's the yeah, thing I is like, so, yeah. I, I think the line's not terrible, but it's come down quite a few points, which like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say there, there were, I mean, I, you, there was always going to be a drop off from Jordan Travis to Tate Rodemaker. And sure. I think you saw some of that on Saturday, but it's not like Louisville's coming in riding high. I mean, they just lost at home to their rival. Oof. So it, that's what's interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, maybe that's a motivator. I mean, it's it, it, that may not be what Florida State, the, the Louisville team, kind of their mentality of that Louisville team that Florida State wants coming into that game. That, well, I was going to ask you that at some point, and I guess I might as well get to it right now. I, watching that loss to that rival, um, that that is a, a knife that that runs deep in Louisville fans. <laughs> they, they absolutely hate that. So that's a motivating factor in a big way. And I don't think uh, Coach Brom is going to let that one go by any stretch of the imagination. That makes things a little bit more dangerous. What do you anticipate? What do you see? I mean, what what, what do you feel might be uh, the result of that loss to, to Kentucky from the standpoint of Louisville? How do you feel like they're going to be coming in hot? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, I mean, maybe it's entirely possible. But you, I mean, the thing is you want to use that as a motivator all week, but you also don't want the team. I mean, you don't want them coming in too hot. Where like you know, too hot could be a can be a bad thing. Can be like Florida looked on Saturday, look und- undisciplined, making mistakes, things like that. So uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, I I I wonder how the game starts. Florida State for uh, for being twelve and zero for all its strength hasn't been the best starting team uh, this season. They they've been in some holes. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting how uh, how how the opening plays out. It feels like it could be quite the. Uh, quite the uh, scene setter for uh, what's to come. I would say that uh, in a lot of these instances that, that whoever comes out in the first two quarters and scores the most points is probably going to carry that into the second half. But watching both of these teams all year long, I know that that can quickly reverse. So it, it's, I think it's a toss up. I, I just uh, have a pretty good, good feel. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and hope you don't freeze while you're, <laughs> while you're there. Oh no, I'm sure it, I'll be. I'll be sitting be. in the press box. Thankfully, yeah, it won't be. It won't be that cold. Uh, it'll be colder than normal than than Florida, but uh, nonetheless, uh, will. So one last thing for me, and it's you know we've we've, we've already seen people trying to put put it out there that FSU shouldn't be in the playoff regardless of what happens, which uh, just seems ridiculous because you got how many, you know, we only have currently four undefeated uh, power five teams left and who know you make a lose more, but just kind of just tell me what, what your thoughts on all that is. It feels like we're trying to prop something up that, that doesn't really need to be propped up. Yeah. It's funny for, for, for all the people who I see, frankly, a lot of people who who seem to have sec ties who, who who talk about, should this Florida state team really, really be in. I feel like I see all the people who would know who talk to the people who are on that, that committee and things like that. Like people like to call our back and there are plenty others say if Florida state wins all 13, they're going to be in like the thing, the thing is to me, 
I understand the optics and I, I understand the whole, the eye test of it all and all that. And obviously Florida state's not going to be the same team with, uh, with, with Tay Rodemaker as, as they were with Jordan Travis, but what precedent does it set to say, well, I, I don't think Florida state's going to be able to give Georgia a game and maybe Texas will. So you, you, we're just, why play the games if we're just going to ignore the results of the games and, and go with, what we feel when when there is very objective wins and losses, why resort to subjective? It just kind of it's crazy to me. And who knows? It is a world absolutely where Florida State loses this weekend and it takes care of itself and they end up in probably what the the peach or the cotton bowl. And it would still be a great season and it would obviously be a little disappointing coming so close. But uh no, I mean if they win all 13, they deserve the chance. And and it may not go well for them. And and you know what? If that happens, that's what Florida State wanted. But, like, they deserve the chance. Because, like, the, the 2014 Ohio State of it all looms large. And, no, I don't think they're going to go beat Louisville 59 nothing or whatever, like Cardale Jones and them beat, beat Wisconsin in, in 2014 when the Ohio State was down to their third-string quarterback and won the title. But uh, they deserve the chance. I mean, it's how, how what message does it send to everyone else on that team? And, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate this is last year, the four-year. Because this will be a heck of a year for a 12-year playoff, really. Like, this has been... I mean, the, the the furthest in the season, I feel like by far now, that we've had four undefeated Power 5 teams. And so, I mean, it's it's tough. There's some other results that, that could help out too. I mean, the world where Florida State's not even the four, where they end up the three if Oregon wins or something like that. We'll see. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm almost not entertaining the possibility of 13-0 Florida State getting left out because I don't want to have to write that column and deal with, <laughs> I mean, scorched earth Mike Norvell. It would not be a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> also awkward right. when when you got Boo Corrigan as head of the the selection for committee sure. and he'd leave yeah. him out for <laughs> sure. I'm curious what he says tomorrow night. I'm curious. I mean, it, do, does Florida State kind of struggling with Florida come up, or is that the only one that comes up, or do we bring up? I mean, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Washington is a much bigger favorite. Almost lost at home to Washington State. Like that's the well. I, I'm very interested to hear what Boo Corrigan says tomorrow night. Yeah, let me uh, let me uh, just insert something here for a second. Um, <clears throat> I've been hearing this, and and you you've been covering Florida State for quite a few years, so you've been hearing it too. Uh, and sometimes we believe this ourselves as as people who cover the conference. There's a lot of propaganda that downplays uh, the ACC. It comes out of places like Paul Feinbaum's mouth. Um, it, which is useless garbage most of the time. That's my opinion. Um, and a lot of other people, and you, you, you see the same attitude out of a lot of people who follow the Big Ten. Um, they, they talk down other conferences. Well, the ACC tends to catch a lot of that, that grief. Now, some of it, okay, uh, is within reason. Um, but I think this season, with no divisions, has certainly shown not only those of us who follow and cover the the Atlantic Coast Conference, but people outside of that. And it's going to take more than one season for this to to really start to to catch hold. But there's far more talent in this conference than people give us credit for. The fact that you know I I was going down all of the teams that um, all the top twenty five teams that that had struggles. Georgia number one. Just getting by Georgia Tech. 
Okay, I mean that, that's that's insane. And I mean, I I know it's a rivalry game, but come on, I mean, you know, that's that's one of those things. Alabama just by this, you know, the the hair on their uh, chinny uh, chin chin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a muff punt and a fourth and 31 conversion. Yeah. I, so, you know, we hear, talk we hear all this talk. about a big up, though, you know what. And, and, and then, you know, number four, Washington, just getting by Washington State. I mean, I can go down this long list here. This The top 25, and everybody will go, well, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, end of the year, rivalry games and all that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. Sure, but some of these games are way, way too close, and a lot of these are ACC teams that are performing really well. So let's let's not be talking down ACC teams over any any stretch of the imagination. I look at the I look at the top five teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and and uh, it's amazing. It's been amazing this year. And well, they have the they have the most bowl bids, bowl eligible teams of of yeah. any Power Five conference, right? Yeah. I mean, I think where where it comes from is Florida State's this year carrying the load of be the true playoff contenders. You know, and most conferences have at least two, and and I mean, Louisville, I guess, was there in theory last week. I'm not sure. It seems clear the right things weren't going to happen for that to happen, even if Louisville had one out. Right, but. But no, I mean, I think when you look at, I think the the middle of the conference is is much better than maybe any of the other Power Fives. I mean, I think you can put the Big Twelve in there, but I think I think I would take the the middle of the ACC over the the middle of the SEC, or definitely over the middle of the Big Ten. And I think, I mean, maybe even the Pac-12 as well, though they're they're having their best year in a while. So uh, yeah, I think it comes from the top heaviness of it. But but I mean. Florida State did itself a favor with how it's scheduled. I mean, that thing, those things happen so far in advance, but getting LSU on there, obviously they're always going to have Florida on there. I mean, having the 8-0 ACC record and also two SEC wins, I think is what really, above all else, is going to keep them in yeah. if they're 13-0, despite what some people are are trying to say. Yeah, and it comes right back down to the propaganda aspect of the SEC is the football conference. Well, I think that that's come and gone. You know, Alabama's not riding up there any longer. So, you know, they they were carrying the weight. Georgia's carrying the weight, but just barely. Um, I mean, we can go on and on here, but I think there's a lot more parity in college football overall than there ever has been, which is a great thing, and I like to see it. I, I, I love the fact that the ACC went to this no division setup because it, it has made for a much more exciting season. So... Um, as you know, Kurt, every time you come on here, I have to get up on my pedestal at least once <laughs> this entire thing. So anyway, good stuff. Uh, you, you got a projection on what you think the uh, final score is going to be. Let's, uh, let's put you out on the ledge here for a second and see how far you're willing to step off. I haven't, I haven't had to do that yet for, uh, our, our keys and prediction story. Subject to change, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 30 to 27, Florida State. I think it's close. I think it comes down to plays, but I just I've seen this team be too resilient and come through in those moments enough where I just think they find a way to do it again. 
Yeah. Nothing against Louisville, which I think is a is a very good team and could absolutely win this game. How far do they go? How far do how far will the Knolls go? I think they lose in the semifinals with Tate Rodemaker, especially. I mean, if they end up the four and if they end up with Maps up with Georgia, that's a it's it's a toughie. It's not saying they can't win, but I think uh, Action Network I saw today has them as like an eleven and a half point underdog in that game, which actually with their backup quarterback's not bad when you when you think about it. But uh I think that in and of itself, especially given the last two weeks and what they would have done with a backup quarterback after Jordan went down, would be uh it'd be a major milestone for Mike Novell, even if that's as far as it went. Interesting. Will, got anything else you want to throw in there? Because there's a lot. Well, you took you took the last thing I was gonna do. <laughs> it was that was the, do the score prediction. So I don't know. I don't know. Did we did we compare notes tonight? Well, you know, I feel like, I feel like we had a lot shirt. of the same things on <laughs> But we didn't get the memo to Kurt, so yeah, yeah. I wasn't prepped. Yeah, well, well. Yeah, that's that's our producer's fault. So <laughs> I'll have to fire him immediately after uh, uh, <laughs> after the show. All right, hey, uh, Kurt, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I hope you enjoy the game because it's always a fun experience in Charlotte. Great venue, uh, good people who put on everything there. I know you'll enjoy it. And uh, best of luck to Florida State. Hope you do well. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Kurt Weiler of the Osceola. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on Twitter. And he's on Blue Sky as well, among other things. <laughs> so uh, follow the Osceola for all the information about what's going on with Florida State Seminoles and a lot more. It's all right there. Thank you, Kurt, for joining us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.